the big story, Bitcoin ETFs. Got big news from BlackRock, but it's not just BlackRock anymore. We're seeing, of course, all these other organizations coming in, all these other organizations that are interested in a Bitcoin ETF. But we're also seeing other countries hop on the bandwagon. BlackRock gave the green light and other countries are going. Also, some really big Bitcoin charts and just some big news that's really going to affect the cryptocurrency markets. So let's dive in first here and talk about BlackRock. So BlackRock CEO has said that crypto is going to transcend international currencies due to global demand. It's such an odd thing. It's even a bit awkward for me to look at Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, knowing who he is, what he does, what BlackRock stands for, and then hearing him shilling Bitcoin. I don't know what to think about it, but I'm going to get our bags pumped up anyway, so I'll take it. But he's absolutely right. Crypto is going to transcend international currencies. The use case, the value proposition for cryptocurrencies, it's already being understood by people all around the world. And if you live in a Western country where everything kind of works pretty well, you might not even be that excited about Bitcoin in terms of it's like censorship resistance and stuff. Oh, the scarcity and the number go up and the store value and all that stuff. Sure. But if you live in a lot of places in the world, sending remittances, pain in the butt, very expensive. If you live in some countries such as Russia or Iran or a few others, just a regular person, right? I'm not talking about the politicians or any of those kind of people, just like a regular dude living your life. Lebanon, Lebanon putting crazy capital restrictions on people, right? And they're not even like a global pariah country. If you're just a regular person living in one of these countries, you have been cut out of the financial system, whether by your own banks or by international banking systems. Bitcoin is a lifeline for these people. It is already transcending international currencies, and it's only getting bigger all the time. So again, I agree, Larry, but I don't like agreeing with you. Jeez. Over in Australia, shout out to the Aussies across the ditch there. First spot Bitcoin ETF application filed under new Australian regulations. So Australia is finally going to be getting its Bitcoin ETF, it seems. Pretty exciting news. Australia, of course, is a big global capital market, about as big as Canada. Uh, so we're talking, you know, one and a half, two percent of global equity markets in Australia. Not as big as U.S. markets, of course, which is 52 to 54 percent of global equity markets. So a U.S. Bitcoin ETF approval is going to be a much bigger deal, of course, than a Australian Bitcoin ETF. But I welcome it. I welcome it. Every Bitcoin ETF that comes out. I mean, you have to think about it. You have to think about it. There's not even enough Bitcoin for every Australian to have one Bitcoin. And not, not that many people in Australia comparatively, right? Not enough Bitcoin for every Canadian to have a Bitcoin and so on and so forth. Not, I mean, if we look at Brazil, Brazil's got a Bitcoin ETF, not even close to enough Bitcoin for every Brazilian to have a Bitcoin. Not that everybody can afford a Bitcoin in any of these countries, mind you. And what about Europe? Europe, of course, just launched their Bitcoin ETF as well, right? We talked about this the other day. What is it, like 600 million people or something in the European Union? Like, come on, you got all these Bitcoin ETFs launching. There's only 21 million max Bitcoin ever. Realistically, probably three to five million of those Bitcoin have been lost permanently by early adopters. Satoshi took a million under the waves with them wherever he went. So we're really only talking about, what, 15, 16 million Bitcoin total, right? A lot of it's already in the hands of long-term holders. 70% of it hasn't moved on chain in over a year exchange balances just keep falling, all this kind of stuff. Like 
all these Bitcoin ETFs, there is simply not enough Bitcoin, not even close to enough Bitcoin to fulfill the demand for all of these Bitcoin ETFs that are coming out. And of course, Europe's great and Canada's great and Brazil's great. I'm happy Australians are finally getting on board, but the US, that's that's the big market. That's the one we all want to see the Bitcoin ETF approvals happening because that's where it's really going to take off big time. Meanwhile, the dollar has uh, last week plunged pretty precipitously. In fact, um, uh, Standard Bank is calling for right now multi-year downtrend for the dollar. Think about that. Think about that, right? We've had this massive uptrend basically since you know late 2020. We've had this big uptrend for the dollar and it really took off in late 2021. 2022 was like the year of the dollar. And ever since then, it's just been going down and down and down and down and down as people are getting out of dollars, looking for more risk assets. And of course, there's all kinds of other situations that are weighing heavily on the dollar. And as we know, when the dollar index plunges, it tends to be a good time for Bitcoin. And that's exactly what's happening. So if we have a multi-year downtrend for the dollar, if Standard Bank is right, then that can mean a multi-year uptrend for Bitcoin. And of course, nothing goes up in a straight line, obviously, but it is pretty interesting nevertheless. Big news as well coming out of Binance, which has been under a lot of fire recently as they're laying off staff and all kinds of other stuff going on. But one good bit of news out of Binance recently is that they have officially integrated the Bitcoin Lightning Network. Now, Binance is one of the biggest exchanges in the world. So them integrating the Bitcoin Lightning Network is a massive, massive step for global Bitcoin adoption because it means that more regular people in countries all over the world can now buy and then withdraw Bitcoin for basically nothing. And they can get their Lightning wallets, and then they can spend it for basically nothing, right? Talking on-chain fees here, right? Because if you're a regular person trying to buy, you know, some groceries down at the local market, you live in El Salvador, and you want to go down the street and buy $10 worth of groceries, if you pay $5 in on-chain fees to do that, you're not going to do it. But if it's only one cent or two cents to do that on-chain trans or I guess not on chain in this situation, layer two transaction, right? Settled on chain later, layer two at the start. That becomes a bigger value proposition here. So it's pretty gosh darn cool. If you ask me, now I want to share this chart with you. I made this the other day because right now Bitcoin's at a very, very, very key level. <clears throat> the current resistance zone, where are we at right now for Bitcoin? Around 30 to $31,500. This is a key area. We can go all the way back all the way back to late 2020, early 2021, when we actually saw this big breakout, we saw the price get up to like, what was it, $42,000, $43,000, and we saw a big correction. That correction zone was the retest, right? The retest, that major, major breakout. That was the first area where we saw this price point around $30,000, $31,000 become very important. Fast forward to mid-2021, June, July, 2021, we see again that $30,000 area becoming very, very important. Oh yeah, sure. It got down like $28,000 or something in that summer of 2021. But that key area where we saw the candle closes, not the wicks, where the candle closes were happening, that was right around $30,000, $31,000. Now move up to uh, around June, 2022. We saw the markets collapse and we saw that final rally, that sort of kiss of death touch, trying to cross back over that area of previous support, but now it was acting as resistance. And then, of course, markets collapsed after that. Um, over in April 2023, 0.4 on this chart here, we see a failed attempt to break over that resistance. Right now, we've been consolidating under this resistance for a month. 
for a month. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting point to be at here for the marks. Now, before we get into the rest of the charts, if you are a trader, you got yourself an account over on Bybit. It is the best place for trading crypto. Great futures markets, super hot spot altcoin markets, very popular copy trading service. And if you use the link down below in the description to start your account, you're going to get exclusive fee discounts as well as exclusive deposit and trading bonuses up to $30,000. So go ahead and check it out if you are a trader. Now let's take a look at this chart here from Glassnode. So this is the Bitcoin Bollinger Band range. Glassnode says the digital asset market continues to see remarkably little volatility with the classic 20-day Bollinger Bands experiencing an extreme squeeze, not just a regular squeeze, guys, an extreme squeeze. It's the good one, right? Price range just 4.2% separates the upper and lower Bollinger Bands, making this the quietest Bitcoin market since the lull in early January, which is crazy, man, which is crazy. I mean, think about this. BlackRock, Fidelity, all these guys are trying to get a Bitcoin ETF. Australia's doing it. Europe's doing it. We see all this institutional interest, generally a risk on attitude coming back into markets, et cetera, et cetera. And we're as boring as January crazy. Now, one thing to note is that when we see this kind of tightness in the Bollinger Bands, it means that strap in because volatility is coming soon. Now, that doesn't always mean upside volatility. In this market, I would have a bias towards upside volatility, but it doesn't guarantee upside volatility. It simply is indicating volatility is coming. So strap on your uh, seatbelt and get ready here, right? So interesting to see how we break up. But again, the bias in a bullish period as we have been in would be to see this breaking to the upside, assuming, of course, there's no sort of negative news events that spook the market. But I feel like we've had everything thrown at us, man. We have exchange, regulatory FUD, uh, everything. The U.S. government selling Bitcoin, all this stuff. Bitcoin hasn't really broken down that bad in any of this stuff. So it's pretty interesting to see the strength that Bitcoin has been showing despite all of the bad news because there's not a lot of panic sellers left. I mean, 70%, again, of the Bitcoin on chain has not moved in over a year. It means most people are just chilling. They're holding. They're not ready to sell their Bitcoin at these kind of prices. And of course, on exchanges, the balances just keep going down. Now, this is absolute insanity here because... Bitcoin balances on exchange just reached a five-year low. We are in a new era of Bitcoin, right? Ever since 2020, we have been in a non-stop move down. So there's 2.25 million Bitcoin currently sitting on exchanges. Now, contrast that with the 3.2 million Bitcoin that were on exchanges in March 2020. So in three years, we've seen a million Bitcoin taken off exchanges. And we've seen a massive acceleration of about 400,000 Bitcoin being accumulated over the past six months. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting to see this amount of Bitcoin continue to be taken off of exchanges. Fascinating stuff, isn't it? In spite of the current market conditions, people are mass stacking Bitcoin and they haven't stopped. The pressure has been maintained right throughout this bearish cycle in the market. So I'm pretty impressed. Good stacking, everybody. Good stacking. Keep it up. I keep stacking weekly. Do you guys stack weekly? Let me know in the comment section if you have been stacking Bitcoin or not, right? I've been stacking Bitcoin basically every single week for 
I don't know, a long time now. Thinking the bigger picture, the rational route here, sharing a chart that shows global liquidity got a decent lift over the past few months. And of course, this is something we've talked about a few times here. Better move myself over the other side of the chart here. This is something that we've seen a few times where we discuss this and the, the money is coming in. And it's not every government that's doing this, right? The global liquidity has definitely been led by China uh, to a lesser extent. We've seen Japan coming in here as well, bringing in their liquidity. But one of the big things everyone's been watching for is when the Fed really starts printing money again. And there's so many things that we really need to pay attention to in that regard, because look, the Fed is going to start printing money again. The interest on the debt, I think it's like $650 million, no, not million, millions, a little number, $650 billion in the US. It's just the interest on the debt. So far this year, it's going to be uh, projected to be a trillion dollars by the end of the year. So a trillion dollars in interest, not paying down the principal on the US's almost $33 trillion in debt, just talking about the interest here, just the interest. It's absurd. There's no way the U.S. pays this. They don't have that kind of tax revenue coming in. Expenditures have gone up, tax revenues down, and the interest just keeps going up. So that means the only thing the U.S. is going to be able to do is going to be able to print more money to pay their bills. The funny printers will be turned back on. I guarantee it. It's the only question of when and to what intensity they turn them back on and what is the excuse that they use when they turn them back on. It will come. It always does. It always does. Ryan Selka shared this um, chart that's been going around here. This is Bitcoin and traditional assets, ROI versus USD. So this is looking at Bitcoin versus gold versus the S&P 500. So what have the returns been over the years if you had invested in any of those 14 years ago? Now, it's a tricky one with Bitcoin because you're not going to go back and buy Bitcoin for five cents anymore, right? But overall, the numbers here are pretty shocking, right? Holding Bitcoin has been absolutely massive. And if we were to come up closer to now, right, and look back five years or six years or seven years, and anyone who bought Bitcoin, again, you massively outperformed gold. You massively outperformed the S&P 500. Okay, if you bought Bitcoin in, uh, you know, 2021, November, well, then, yeah, you probably are not making money on Bitcoin right now. But if you've been dollar cost averaging in, you would actually be up currently. I know, I know it sounds crazy, but you would be. You would currently be up. So there you go. There you go. Bitcoin continues to be an outperforming asset. Not saying the other stuff isn't okay too, but just that Bitcoin keeps kicking butt, basically. Over in Indonesia, they're going to be launching a cryptocurrency exchange in July. This is a national exchange. So this could bring up, you know, Indonesia's a big country, quarter billion people in Indonesia. And they do like crypto. They do like crypto in Indonesia. So this could actually see a big amount of money coming into the market as well as Indonesians start FOMOing into the top coins. This is potentially a big story almost no one's talking about. And yet Indonesia is a massive market. Indonesia is a market where people love crypto, right? And Indonesia has been pretty clear on saying you can't spend crypto in the country, but you can invest in crypto and they want everybody to do it through their government exchange, which I'm not super excited about a government exchange, but I am excited about the potential for Indonesia to come in and pump up all of our coins. So that's, that's cool too. 
This story I thought was super fascinating. So this is um, out of Hong Kong. Physical stores in Hong Kong are selling digital assets. Uh, it's an interesting thing, right? And they have actually seen this year, mainland Chinese customers go from being under 5% of their customer base to nearly 50% of their customer base, no matter the jurisdiction of the desire for Bitcoin is global. So what's been very fascinating is that, see, in China, you can't really get Bitcoin. There's some black market places from what I've heard, right? But what's interesting is you basically have people crossing from mainland China with suitcases full of cash, basically, coming and buying Bitcoin at little stores that sell Bitcoin, actual like brick and mortar retail shops where people can walk in and buy Bitcoin using cash. And it's been taken off. And especially with China getting more friendly towards Bitcoin because of the whole Hong Kong thing, which again had the approval of Beijing. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. It just shows again that desire for mainland Chinese money to get access to Bitcoin. You know, are you starting to starting to see the potential yet for what we could see, what kind of markets we could see after the Bitcoin having, how fast things can move, right? If we see, for example, something like happened in 2020, remember markets can move very fast. We had the Bitcoin having, we had four or five months of kind of nothing really happening and then boom, absolute explosion. Could happen again next time. I like this thought here from British HODL. If you're a single digit millionaire, the next cycle, I believe, will be priced out of owning a whole Bitcoin. Someone worth $4 million will find it hard to liquidate at three dollars or $500,000 to buy one Bitcoin. And if that, if we do get such a wildly high price, then that'll only be for a minute on some exchange somewhere. So, you know, even at the bottom of the next bear market, Bitcoin's going to be what? even if you are a single digit millionaire, even five or 6% of your net worth into one coin that, you know, that requires some consideration and think about the cycle after that, it's going to be even less likely, even less likely. I want to change tack here a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about altcoins because we've been seeing some really big things in the altcoin market recently. Uh, Some really big announcements coming out of the altcoin market some of the OG altcoin protocols doing some really, really big stuff. And I want to talk about that with you because I think it's so important to pay attention to what is the developments are in the space, who's still building, who's still here, who's still showing up to their work desks every day, because a lot of altcoin projects have fallen off the radar, right? That happens, unfortunately. But some of the OG ones, they have absolutely absolutely been uh, continuing to do really, really well and continuing to release some really big updates. And I feel like this has kind of been, you know, the the vibe recently with people watching the market. If you watch it too closely and you overthink things too much, right? Like, oh, you know, Bitcoin's up 100% already this year. Too late, too late. That altcoin that was at a $2 million market cap, it's at $10 million now. That's too late. Ah, uh, you know, Chainlink was $4, but now it's $7. Too late, too late, too late. I'm too late. It's too late. It's too late to buy anything. No, in my opinion, it's not too late at all. Because for a bit of perspective, this is what the markets actually look like, right? If you zoom out a little bit, this is Matic. But honestly, this could be 100 different relatively high quality altcoins, right? Still 70%, 73% in this situation under its all time high price. We're still in the accumulation zone, right? We have top tier coins that are trading way below their bull market valuations. And okay, sure, it's up a little bit from its bottom, but there's still a lot of price potential 
still a lot of gains to be had in the next cycle. And sometimes you don't even have to overthink it too much. I know everyone's always out there looking for, well, I got to find the micro cap. I got to find the next, the next Pepe or the next Shiba coin before it takes off. And, you know, I can put a dollar in and become a billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that. Or you can look at how can you compound your gains over time by getting into solid altcoins and running the narratives and running those different things. And because there are the potential there for even with just some of the top coins to have 2x gains, 3x gains in the relatively short term. Or if we look a bit broader and think about, okay, well, we're in the accumulation zone of a major cycle here. We will have a next massive cycle coming up where things go absolutely parabolic once again, and it's easy money times, and the media is saying everyone's getting hilariously rich, and we're all buying Rolexes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That time will come again. That time will come again. And in that situation, you're going to be able to cash out these top altcoins, right? We're not even saying have to take like big risks. This is the thing. And look, all crypto investing is a risk. You know, guys, you got to manage your risks and all that stuff, right? But if you just look at some of the top top coins, I mean, we're going to see top 50 coins do 10, 20, 30x gains, right? If Bitcoin does a 5 or 6x from here, Ethereum is going to do a 10x. That means things like Chainlink. Uh, MakerDAO, whatever, these things can do 20x, right? Potentially. Not financial base, obviously. Just musings from a crypto dude on the internet. But I definitely think we are in that accumulation zone. So with that in mind, let's talk about a few of the top altcoins that had some really big news recently. So why Ethereum's EIP4844 could kick the bull run for Optimism, Arbitrum, and Polygon. Now, I did buy more Arbitrum this week, around $1.27 was my entry price. I've got a big bag already, so this is like a 10% increase to my bag. Not, you know, dramatic knock-down-the-house kind of uh, purchases, but adding a bit to that bag. And we are seeing that this narrative could start running. So EIP4844 basically is going to reduce gas fees due to the introduction of a new uh, transaction format. So basically, it's going to make Layer 2s even cheaper to use. Now, Layer 2s are pretty damn cheap to use already. I did a test today just to check it out. And Uniswap, if you wanted to do a transaction on Uniswap, it was going to cost about 15 bucks on Ethereum. That same Uniswap transaction on Arbitrum was going to cost $0.24. Cents. Huge difference already, right? Now, if we have EIP4844 come in, that's going to bring it down to what? Five cents? Three cents? It's pretty cheap, man. That's pretty cheap. That allows for even more layer two activity to start taking place, even more of the, the layer two narrative to take off. And I was having a conversation with uh, DeFi Dad, and DeFi Dad does the writing for um, the DeFi sections in the Wealth Mastery newsletter. And he was talking about how the layer two trade might actually be the equivalent of the layer one trade from the previous cycle. Uh, by the way, I also have account abstraction coming for Arbitrum. We had the approval of AIP2, which will refine its transaction processing and introduce a new endpoint for Arbitrum. So we're seeing some interesting stuff going on there. But my conversation with him basically was that Last time, we saw all these new layer one blockchains coming out, and those were like the big things. And actually, layer one blockchains last cycle, those were some of the biggest gainers, right? Things like Solana, things like Avalanche, right? These ones absolutely went insane. 
and it could be layer twos this time. So we have Arbitrum already trading. We have Optimism already trading. We have others like uh, Metis, uh, so on and so forth. We're seeing a lot of the really, really big ones launching right now. Uh, ZK Sync is available for using and potentially getting an airdrop from. If you want to get an airdrop, start playing around ZK Sync. Mantle just launched today. We're going to get to that in a minute. Base, uh, Linea, all these other ones. So like those could be the big trade for the next cycle. But you have to watch. You know, if they come out of too high valuations, it may not actually be that great of a trade. But definitely something worth watching because I think these layer twos could really, really take off in a big way because there's a lot of money behind these layer two projects. There's a lot of um, people who want to see them succeed. Big VCs, big funds, massive investors. And we've seen, for example, like uh, Off-Chain Labs. They're the creators of Arbitrum. They've been buying Arbitrum back off the open market and putting it in their war chest. That's an interesting sign. It's nice to see teams rebuying their old tokens, uh, their own tokens, and not just dumping them into the market. So we shall see how that plays out, but definitely uh, encouraging to see. Now, we also have some of the OG um, DeFi protocols, MakerDAO, for example. They've been doing great things over at MakerDAO. You know, they've released lots of great products. It's a nice product to use, of course. They've been integrating real-world assets into their treasury and all this kind of stuff. And what's interesting is that uh, Rune, the founder of MakerDAO, he's actually been rebuying his Maker tokens as well. So he... Is definitely thinking something must be coming. I mean, he would know, right? So he has been buying up lots of maker tokens, which makes it worth paying attention to, right? All the big VCs are now out of maker. And so that becomes an interesting situation where, well, this is an OG DeFi, DeFi protocol. It's a very useful protocol. It's highly used, right? This backs the DAI stablecoin. So worth paying attention to. Injective. Injective. This is one that has been getting so much hype recently. You know, we've been talking about this one for a very long time here on the channel for years now, and I still have a, a part of my original bag from Injective, actually. Now, they actually voted yes to bringing XRP into the ecosystem. That's pretty interesting. So this is, you know, on-chain DeFi with Injective, but they're also bringing in an entire ecosystem, so a main blockchain with applications built on top of it. Now they're going to bring XRP, one of the most popular trading assets in the world, in. I like it. I like it. That's definitely a good move. Now, before we get into the other altcoin alpha here for you, if you are not yet signed up to the Wealth Mastery newsletter, you gotta get it checked out. We are sharing so much alpha every single week in this newsletter. It is crazy. We talk about altcoins, talk about DeFi, we talk about NFTs, airdrops, news, and much, much more. We're also running a special sale right now for signing up for the premium newsletter. Now we're on a free newsletter. There's a link down below. You can sign up to that free newsletter. It gets incredible value delivered three times a week to your inbox. If you want to go to the next level and get like in-depth altcoin reports, things like this report, for example, top five Cardano altcoins, killer report on a very underrated ecosystem and some coins that are definitely worth watching. Those kind of reports come into your inbox, in-depth technical analysis come into your inbox, DeFi tutorials, all this kind of stuff. Then you might want to check out our premium uh, newsletter as well. We're doing a 33% discount on that right now if you sign up for six months. And you're also going to get our Bitcoin course for free. It's $147 value. So go ahead and check it out. 
33% off free Bitcoin course, huge value coming to your inbox every single week. So check it out. Link in the description. Now let's talk about synthetics. See synthetics that had some really, really big news as well. They just launched Infinex. This is the newest perpetual swaps uh, exchange or integrator as they say it. So this is a new exchange designed to compete with the likes of Binance and other centralized exchanges. Now, Synthetics, they have been doing so much, so much of the right stuff over time. And they've been getting a lot of use. But Synthetics, they've always needed something extra, I feel, to really take it to the next level. And maybe this is it. Maybe the launch of the Infinex exchange is going to be what really takes the synthetics ecosystem to the next level. And there is a value accrual mechanism here as well for the SNX token holders. Now, the SNX token has actually been a pretty profitable real yield coin for altcoin holders, for those who have been holding and staking SNX for a long time. You've been making money. You've been making money. This could make it make more money for you. So definitely one to keep an eye on. I know sometimes synthetics is like, ah, oh, they're not doing enough or whatever. Oh, they're doing stuff. They're doing stuff. Don't, don't count synthetics out because synthetics is an OG DeFi protocol. They've been around. They've been building. You know, they're well-funded. So definitely want to keep paying attention to. This could be a big catalyst. I mean, the price spiked like 60% on this news. So don't, you know, run out and FOMO into the hype or anything like that. But this could be a big catalyst for them moving forward. Uniswap, big announcement from them. So Uniswap X is coming on. This is like a week after they announced Uniswap V4. Maybe it was two weeks ago they announced Uniswap V4. We also had them integrating with Avalanche. Was that last week? So lots of big Uniswap news recently. If only they would do something to make that damn Uniswap token more useful. Anyway, still big, very big news here for Uniswap. So Uniswap X is a new permissionless open source uh, protocol, auction-based protocol for trading across decentralized exchanges and other liquidity sources. So over time, it'll give you more liquidity, better prices, protection from uh, MEV bots, right? Which can really screw people over when trading on chain, as well as gas-free swapping. Yo, gas-free swapping, what is that? What is that, man? Come on, Uniswap, I'm here for that. I'm here for that. That's one of the biggest barriers of Uniswap is they're crushing gas fees. So this is really, really big news from Uniswap. Uniswap continues to be the biggest exchange in the cryptocurrency space. They continue to be the leader when it comes to it. They do, what, as much volume as Coinbase, right? Like, they're a damn big deal. And... We see others like Trader Joe, for example, great exchange. I love Trader Joe. I use it all the time, but they have not managed to get that kind of massive market share that Uniswap has. I mean, it pays to be the early mover, right? So other exchanges I think are actually better in a lot of ways than Uniswap. Uniswap continues to innovate and Uniswap continues to deliver the goods technologically and they continue to keep the users there. They continue to keep all of us aping into the newest, newest shit coin that comes out on the market. I love you, Uniswap. We've had some good times, man. We really, really have. <laughs> Let's talk about Chainlink. Stinky Linkies. Stinky Linkies. Big, big, big news for Chainlink today. As well. I know I keep saying big news a lot, but this is big news, guys. A lot of stuff happening today. I'm very excited about it. 
So the Chainlink cross-chain interoperability protocol has officially launched on Avalanche, Ethereum, Optimism, and the Polygon mainnet. Now, this is something people have been waiting for for a long time. Very exciting to see this finally coming out. You know, this is this takes Chainlink to the next level. And look, Chainlink sometimes feels like a real slow burn. I mean, how long staking take to even, you know, happen, right? But here we go. Here we go. Another massive, massive announcement for Chainlink. Of course, Chainlink's pumping off the news as always does with these kinds of stories. But the actual fundamentals of the technology here, this is a game-changing moment for Chainlink. This is what could ignite a new spark of interest for Chainlink and drive new demand for the Link token and drive new enthusiasm into the Link Marine army. So I'm very excited about this Chainlink news. Congratulations, Chainlink. I know you guys have been waiting a while for this, but this is definitely great for, well, everything, actually, because the, this is the thing with Chainlink. Chainlink is such an important piece of software for the entire cryptocurrency space. And as of now, not a single other Oracle provider has even come close to Chainlink. Chainlink's got, what, 95% market share or something like that. So they definitely... Uh, are going to continue to be the leader with these kinds of massive updates coming out. So well done, Chainlink team. Well done. Also, big layer two news. Big news. Big news once again. The bigger, the better. <laughs> oh, we're having fun, guys. Mantle's mainnet is live. So this is the Bybit-backed layer two network. Very exciting for this. Um, look, all these layer twos, as we were just discussing, the late layer two trade could be the new layer one trade. I'm definitely going to be watching for this and probably really interested in Coinbase's base as well. And if we're going to get a token for that. So definitely keep my eyes open here for the potential opportunities for investing in these early networks, right? We're still in a relatively bearish period in the market. People haven't shown up. The crowds aren't here yet. You know, to be able to get a 10x off of some of these new layer two networks, I think it's a potential, right? Not not saying ape in. I'm not going to ape in. I'm going to wait and try and try and snipe a good price, right? But I'll be keeping an eye on uh, Mantle. I've been accumulating lots of Arbitrum. Mantle might be one that I accumulate as well. By the way, I do have a sponsored video coming with them uh, explaining what Mantle is. So if you want to watch out for that, that should be dropping in the near future. So very interesting network mantle. And of course, another massive layer two launching here for Ethereum. So excited to see that happening. ZK Sync. This is one that I'm currently farming for an airdrop potential in the future, right? I've been using different protocols, Sync Swap and Mute.io, doing swaps and providing liquidity and doing all the kind of steps that are going to make it most likely to get an airdrop in the future. Anyway, uh, ZK Sync has just released Boojum. Boojum, boojum, bajum, boojum, boo, boo, boojum. Something, something like something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's fun. This is ZK Sync Era's new high performance proof system for radical decentralization. I dig it. Boojum is an upgrade that will transition ZK Sync Era to a stark powered proof system providing world-class performance on consumer grade hardware. Nice. Massive upgrade here for ZK Sync. ZK Sync, they just launched. Um, a few months ago, they've seen huge, oh my gosh. Yeah. BJ for short OG contraband. That is funny. Yeah. We, that, that's, that's what it should be called <laughs> from now on. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> we've seen ZK sync launch a few months ago and they're already bringing out massive technological upgrades. I approve. I'm here for it. 
you keep it classy, ZK Sync, and I'm going to keep farming for the airdrop, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, let's move on. I've got a very interesting topic to discuss with you. Is $10 million enough? Could you retire on $10 million? Is it enough for you? You have to think about it. 10 million bucks sounds like a lot of money, right? Well, this has been a conversation that's been going on for a little while here on social media. Could you retire on $10 million? It's just not enough. Okay. <laughs> Look, $10 million is enough to retire on. In fact, it's more money than the vast majority of humanity will ever, ever see. If you have a $10 million net worth, I mean, congratulations. You're rich. You're rich, son. Enjoy it. But there is some practical things to talk about, right? When we talk about, okay, having a $10 million net worth, is that $10 million in cash that you can just ape into the S&P 500 and get a 10% return on for the rest of your life so you can extract a million dollars a year for infinity? Well, maybe, maybe not. Or does this include your house and other kind of illiquid investments? Eh, interesting question. You could have a $3 million house and a $7 million investing portfolio at the top, for example. Maybe it isn't that much because it goes down to a million in the bear market, right? Definitely interesting uh, idea, though. Is $10 million enough? Let me know what you think in the comment section. Is $10 million enough to retire on? I think the answer is definitively yes. If you have $10 million, like you're doing good. Even if you get like, even if you were just getting 1% interest on $10 million, that's a lot of money every year. If you're getting 5% interest on $10 million, killing it. You're killing it. You're killing it. Seriously, half a million dollars a year. I know the tax man's going to take like a third to half of that. So that's kind of a bit of a, a downer, right? But uh, definitely, definitely I can agree with the sentiment that $1 million is really not like what I imagined it to be back in like the 90s, for example. Like $1 million is like, whoa, $1 million, man. And to be fair, because of inflation, $1 million was worth a lot more back in the 90s. It's worth like half as much now. But still. Still, you know, a million dollars is a lot of money. And if you have a million dollars, goodness gracious, you should be ecstatic and over the moon and be counting your blessings because a million dollars is a tremendous amount of money and more money than 90% of the people on this planet are ever going to see. $10 million is an extravagance. And it comes down to, well, how do you live your life? What are the things that you would require in your life on a year to year basis to require needing more than $10 million? And I know how social media is. I know I'm there. I see the stuff going on. I see the other influencers got the Rolexes, baby. You know, it's all about first class flights everywhere. And you're buying a new Lamborghini. I got three Lamborghinis, man. What a one Lamborghinis for punks. I got three Lamborghinis and a Bugatti. Come on. You don't need to keep up with the Joneses, right? Crypto influencers, social influencers in general uh, are in a very unique situation in terms of being able to make truckloads of money. And if you're just a regular Joe investing in this market, it's a really bad metric to measure your success and your happiness on because a lot of that crap's fake. Most people are full of shit and are lying anyway. And the few people that aren't, well, they've done things that you haven't done. They built things you haven't built. It's like looking at Jeff Bezos and going, man, I should have what he has. And I haven't, I didn't build Amazon, but I want that same thing. Right? So don't get lured into these fantasies. You don't need to have five Lamborghinis to be happy. You don't need to have $200 million of the watches or $2 million of the watches or whatever it is to be happy. 
or to live a really, really good life. I mean, if you're making, if you had $10 million, just as a, a crazy number, right? Let's say you do it. You, you nail it, man. You nail it. And next cycle, you cash out for $10 million in profits. I mean, well done first. But second, you've made it. You have definitively made it. With $10 million, you can take that and you can get so much passive income every year from relatively safe things that you're going to be fine. If you're getting half a million dollars a year for the rest of your life, that is the equivalent of winning the lottery for the vast majority of people in this world. Okay, sure. If you're like, you know, a super rich Uber dude, like, you know, whatever. Okay. Maybe a little half million dollars for jumps, man. Like, no, half million dollars is crazy, crazy money. If you can create that kind of passive income for yourself, it's absurd. If you can create a passive income of $50,000 a year for yourself, for the vast majority of people in this world, that's insanity. You should be so lucky. It's incredible. It's incredible. I think that's like that's like a crazy good goal. If you can have $50,000 a year in passive income from stock dividends and bank deposits and staking rewards from Ethereum and Cardano and stuff like that, I mean, you're slaying it. That's such an amazing thing to do. So wins should be celebrated. It's so easy in social media to play this game of like keeping up with the Joneses, right? Somebody's always going to be richer than you. Unless you're Elon Musk, someone's always going to be richer than you. Just accept it. <laughs> Just accept it because that's the way it works. And that's okay. You don't have to be the richest guy in the world, right? What you need to do is figure out how you can get enough money to take care of yourself, your family, right? Your community, if you have such abundance in your life, right? You know, this is important stuff. This is what really matters. Flexing on social media that you got a car, you got to watch. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, man. Honestly. It doesn't make your life any better. If you enjoy fast cars, if you enjoy watches, you want to buy those things for you because you have enough financial abundance that you've already taken care of yourself. You've already taken care of your family. Your kids aren't going to have to struggle through life and not be able to pay for school. And, you know, you've retired your parents and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, then treat yourself to some stuff. And you know what? Take care of your community too. Give back to charity, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know. Or just YOLO it all in the yachts and Lambos and, you know, live that life too. Whatever you guys want to do. It's up to you. Of course, your money if you make 10 million bucks. But just perspective, right? Because I think that crypto is going to make a whole new batch of millionaires this cycle. I mean, if you are here now, I got some good news for you. There's a good chance that you are going to make a truckload of money. Now, if you're coming in with 1000 bucks or 5000 bucks, or 10000 bucks, or $20,000, even $100,000, your chances of becoming a multimillionaire are not super, super high. They are there. If you get in the right coins, if you put... $10,000 into the right coin, you can literally make millions in this market during the next cycle, but you've got to sell. If you don't sell, you're never going to make any money. You'll do a round trip. You're going to go here right now from our accumulation stage, run it right up, run it right back down to the ground. A lot of people did that last cycle. Don't let that be you. Do not let that be you. Do not let that be you. You will kick yourself in the balls every day for two years straight during the next bear market if you don't take damn profits. Seriously, seriously. But crypto will make many new millionaires in the next cycle. 
So be ready for it. Be positioning yourself for that. Be hustling right now as hard as you can, because now is the time to hustle. Now is the time to get extra income to invest. Now is the time to be farming as many airdrops as you possibly can. And then you hold on to those airdrops and you don't need to auto, auto dump them. Like you can sell them if you want to, right? Maybe you want to sell them for another coin or something like that. Maybe you need some cash. I'm not going to judge. But let me give you two examples. Avalanche and Solana. People who participated in the test nets for Avalanche and Solana, they were gifted some coins for doing that. Those coins, had they held them from the time that they received them until the market peaks were worth close to a million dollars each, just from participating in the test net, man, didn't even require any real money, just clicking buttons. There are test nets out there. We share these all the time, of course, in the Wealth Mastery newsletter link down below. We share test nets. There's new airdrop opportunities coming all the time. And there's airdrops that are regular out, out here that are giving, you know, three, four, five thousand dollars to people who just click a few buttons, provide, do a few swaps, provide a little bit of liquidity. And of course, there are bigger uh paydays out there as well for airdroppers for those who can hold on to them for a bit longer. Doesn't always work out. Some of those airdrops will go to zero. So there's that too, right? But if you get so lucky as to be a millionaire in the next cycle, make sure to sell. Make sure to sell. I want you guys to get rich. I really, really do. I want everybody here listening to this to get rich as all hell next market cycle. Because if you are here right now, your chances of getting good gains moving forward are pretty high. I did want to share this with you, though, because this is something interesting I saw floating around. I did some calculations. With the money I invested, I'll probably never make life-changing money. I'm curious to know how how many of you are really into it and think you're going to make life-changing money by trading cryptocurrencies? So basically, I did some calculations the other day, and even if the coins I'm invested in make a 10x jump with the price, that still wouldn't be life-changing money. What would it What it would do probably is only open the way for me to make some serious money if I'm lucky and smart invest in things that will keep pumping with the price. Even then, a lot of work will be needed to achieve that level. So basically, I'll probably never make life-changing money. I'll have to work all my life, which is fine, I guess. I never thought that I'd make so much that I would stop working. I guess some free or cheaper house or a car would be nice to have with crypto earnings. But I'm curious, how many of you actually uh, are in it for life-changing money? What is your plan? Is there someone among us who actually has made serious life-changing money? How did you do it? I'm curious to know. This is a very interesting sentiment. I think it's a kind of post that really we've all been there. We've all been there, you know? It is possible to make huge money in crypto. But again, do not be misled by so much what we see on social media, so much of the flexing, because half the flexing is bullshit anyway. But realistically, there's a lot of money to be made in this market. But you might not make it this cycle. And that's it. And of course, what is life-changing money? For some people, life-changing money is $10,000. For some people, it's $100,000. For some people, they have such crazy, I don't know, Poverty mentalities or something, they couldn't get by in $100 million. They'd gamble it all away and be broken six months. It's true. Look at look at lottery winners. Because if the market does go in your favor and you do get into the right altcoins and you sell them at the right time, it can be like winning the lottery. The money comes so hard and so fast, it is almost like winning the lottery. But let's say that this is not the cycle where you're going to get life-changing money. This is the cycle where you build your capital base. If you have $10,000, you could walk away from this cycle, this coming cycle with anywhere between 100 and half a million dollars. Realistically, if you're chasing the narratives, taking um, 
taking profits on pumps, rotating into the next thing. It's going to take some work, right? You're going to have to work at it. It's not just going to happen. It's not just going to fall in your lap. You might be the guy who puts, you know, money into Pepe or whatever the next Pepe is going to be at the right time and gets rich. That's like winning the lottery. That's the exception, not the rule. Most of us are the rule when it comes to investing, which means you have to put in the hard work. But maybe this, this cycle, you get enough money that you can get really ready for the next cycle. And that's the one where you make life-changing money. And you have to think about it. We're all so impatient. We always overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in five years. If the next all-time high is late 2024 or mid-2025, guys, it's like two years away. That's right around the corner. I know it seems like a long time, but it's right around the corner. So if in two years you get enough money to make it the next cycle. So if, if I have to tell you right now, in six years time, you're going to have life-changing money. You go, well, it's too long. I don't want it. I don't want it after I have to wait six years. I wanted it tomorrow. I'm not even going to try it. I'm just going to go back to work, back to my slave job for my slave wages. I work there till I die and then retire and watch TV for four and a half hours a day until I pass over dead. Okay. Okay, guys. Sure. <laughs> uh, if you stick with it, if you stay dedicated to the cause, then you can make it in these markets. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not as easy as some might make it out to be. You will have to work hard. You will have to take risks. It's not as easy as just, you know, throwing a few bucks into something and hoping that it works out right? Crypto's volatile. It's dangerous. DeFi platforms get hacked. Exchanges go down. I mean, the amount of crap I've seen in this market, geez, Louise, but money can indeed be made. I love this, by the way, this post from uh, Sherlock Hoddles here. Imagine retiring with only $9.97 million and a wife as mid as Margot Robbie. <laughs> oh, yes, that's hilarious, man. That is absolutely hilarious. Or what about this? When you retire, but you only have $10 million in the bank, what are you going to do? Back to McDonald's. <laughs> Back to McDonald's, man. Oh, uh, But yeah, really ask yourself, how much do you actually need? How much money do you need? Is $10 million enough? Is that the number for you? You got your, your big goal for life. I have 10 million bucks, right? What's it really What's it really come down to? What are you actually here for? And this is a question I think a lot of investors don't even necessarily ask themselves. You just get so excited by investing, which I totally understand. I'm very excited by investing all the time. But you get so damn excited, you don't actually stop thinking, well, where am I going with this? And that's okay. You don't have to have all the answers. It takes a while sometimes to figure out where you're going with all this. But at some point, do you want to escape that nine to five? Maybe you want to do a different job. Maybe you want to have more time for your family, your passions. Uh, maybe you want to retire early and sail a boat around the world, whatever the heck it is, man create that vision for yourself. Where do you want to be and how are you going to take the steps to get there? Because once you have that vision locked in, once you know where it is you want to go, getting there becomes a hell of a lot easier. And for most people, that's not going to require $10 million. $10 million is an extravagance so you can buy expensive cars and watches and all that stuff. And if you want to get $10 million, by all means, get $10 million, get the watches, get the cars, enjoy your life, however you want to do it. But it doesn't have to be the measure of success because it's not a measure of success.